At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. I want to talk about some of these skill players. Um, and Bijan Robinson, obviously, you know, the, he holds the heart of many fantasy football fans this year. He's going to be the savior of so many fantasy football teams. More likely that he's not going to be the savior, but you think he is. Uh, <laughs> even though I, I love him, but your dynasty roster is probably not ready for B. John Robinson to take you to the promised land. Um, by the way, his odds to be the first running back selected is at minus 10,000. So that's a lock, <laughs> and we knew that. Uh, but it gets interesting when you start to talk about who the second running back selected will be. Right, Jameer Gibbs is the favorite right now at minus 2,000. Okay, Zach Charbonnet is at plus 550. And you're looking at Ty J. Spears, Tank Bigsby, uh, all sitting at plus 5,000. I don't think any of those three would be in line for that second running back taken. But Charbonnet, a plus 550 is an interesting one to me because Jameer Gibbs is uh, is a great player. I I think that he is the second best running backs class, but he is a very specific type of running back, right? And if there's a coach there who does not know how to use him, he won't be used properly. And not every coach know, will know how to use a guy like Alvin Kamara. Not every coach will know how to use a guy like Austin Eckler. Not every coach knows how to, you know, use these guys who are much better in the receiving game than they are in the run game. Uh, and he is a smaller back. So you, you're going to have to have somebody compliment him in the first place. Now, a team could go ahead and say, Zach Charbonnet is a complete package. Obviously, he's nowhere near Gibbs as a receiver. He's capable there, uh, but he's not that guy. So I can see a team saying, you know what? We really need a back on early down, somebody to really grind it out. You know, Titans, we're losing, you know, we're losing Derrick Henry at some point. Like, I want somebody to be able to run the ball for us. Zach Charbonnet could be that guy. So him at plus 550 is a little intriguing to me. Yeah, no, I think I think that's an interesting look, too. I, th- I was thinking heading into the draft process – that Jameer Gibbs would be getting more like round one, like consideration. Like I legitimately thought like he would profile as someone that teams thought would be like a late first round or someone along the lines of like a Travis Etienne mm-hmm. or Najee Harris or Josh Jacobs, like somewhere in that range where yeah. it's like, this guy's a round one talent. We're just questioning whether the positional value was there for him to do that. And now I'm seeing like Agreed. some rankings, like, like Daniel Jeremiah has him like in the forties and like Charbonnet's like in the fifties. And now it's like, once you get into the second round with running backs, it really, really becomes like, who do I like better? Like Jonathan Taylor was like the third running back selected. I think it was Clyde and then it was Swift and then it was JT that year. So it's like, 
sometimes what we view as the best running back, sometimes it's scheme fit. Sometimes teams just fall in yeah. love with a very specific type of player. Um, so those markets I think are interesting to look at. I still think Jameer is like still like the locked in guy, but I'm really curious over, I would say over the next week or two, just to kind of see how some of these mock drafts are looking in terms of Gibbs, how many of them are having him in the first round. That'll be really interesting for me to see, because if I start to see more and more and more mock drafts with him not being in the first round, now that's where I become a lot more interested in betting like a secondary guy, like a Charbonnet, who I think is in NFL eyes is probably like the clear RB three, just in terms yeah. of skill set, what he can bring to the table. Um, but again, like, yeah, I, I was expecting more more locked in Jameer Gibbs. Because of that two. scheme type of thing, it's like not every coach can draft him, you know, and know what to do with him. We're talking yeah. Gibbs here, right? And yeah. you know, he's a he's a good route runner and like he's kind of like a scheme fit. And you you mentioned the running backs in the first round, right? The line is set at one and a half, obviously. B. John's a lock. Um, you know, the the under one and a half is set at minus four fifty. Uh, the question is, like, do we think a team jumps on Jameer Gibbs, right? Like you mentioned, right? I think if mm-hmm. a team does jump at a running back in the first round, it's Gibbs, like outside of BJ, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. Even though I can see a team, like I said, taking Charbonnet over Gibbs, if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. not in the first round. Like, no one's t- yeah. taking Charbonnet in the first round, right? Like, I think Gibbs is that higher ceiling player. Uh, over one and a half running backs in the first round is set at plus 300. Um, I'm not sure if I, I love that just because like, I don't know if Gibbs, you know, like we've seen it, you know, every single year where like these elite running backs coming out are not getting taken the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Bryce, like Brees Hall was taking the second round, right? Yeah. Kenneth Walker taking the second round. So like a guy like Bijan, who's like a generational type of talent. Sure. With him, we can see him being taken first because like he's top 10 in a lot on a lot of big boards for a lot of mm-hmm. teams. Right. So that's why he would go, end up going the first round. I don't think Gibbs would be, you know, in the you know top 20 or anything like that for, for a lot of these teams at this point on their big boards, at least. Right. So I want to talk about Gibbs landing spot though, because I have a favorite and, you know, I think a lot of people might love this favorite. Right. So who's going to draft, Jameer Gibbs, right? So these these is this is where the odds are sitting at right now. Bengals at plus seven hundred, Cowboys as well. Chargers at plus eight hundred. I, I don't I don't see the fit with the Cowboys personally, so I, like that's like off my radar. Uh, the Chiefs at plus nine hundred, the Bills at plus one thousand, and then you have the Saints, Eagles, Rams, Broncos, Cardinals, all at fifteen to one. Um, the Chiefs at nine to one though, I'm loving that. Like, I, and it's you know what it is dude like this is what happens with me and i'm really bad at this okay and this is a fault of mine but like what i want to see happen is where i'm betting <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i want to see him land on the chiefs <laughs> and you know what i'm saying like i just think about him you know with andy reed like he's gonna be the guy that you know he wishes ceh was right ceh yeah, right. was mm-hmm. a guy who you know he caught a ton of balls in college but he was never efficient Right. And that was his problem. Like little Jameer Gibbs is literally like the opposite with the volume and with the efficiency, you know, on two mm-hmm. different teams in, in college, in, in his career, college career. So uh, I, I would love that to happen. So but I think that they're in the need for a running back. Right. Like, I don't think they have a running back on the roster where they're just like they love them. Right. Like, I don't think yeah. that, you know, they had they got this, you know, running back last year, like th- this running back by committee, whatever, like they, they made do with what they have. But I just feel like Jameer Gibbs, 15 touches on that offense. You know, they love to pass the ball. I think out of the backfield, we saw what McKinnon was able to do. Imagine what Jameer Gibbs can do in that offense. Yeah. 
a team a team like very similar along the lines that I would love to see him on. And I think this could be a potential fit. Like if you're looking at like where Gibbs could go in the late first round, like I think the Bengals is a very interesting spot. Joe Mixon looks likely to be gone. They could invest in someone like Gibbs, get him on a fifth year option, like a cheap deal for a running back. And I would just love to see that speed element in that offense alongside like Jamar Chase and T Higgins and um, Tyler Boyd. Like that would be so fun. And I think it, for me, it's been very frustrating to kind of watch Joe Mixon in that offense and kind of like how they've been utilizing him a little bit. Like he's been like a, a solid running back, but it's like, you felt like you could kind of get more there. And it's like, that explosive element of like a Jameer Gibbs for me would be like, that, that would be so fun. Whereas like if they, they're probably going to invest in somebody like they, they could easily get a Charbonnet in the second round if he falls to them. But it's like, and that would be like almost like a one for one replica of like a Joe Mixon. But I think the Jameer Gibbs speed aspect of like having somebody in the passing game, because we've seen the Joe Burrow and the Bengals utilize their running backs in the passing game. Like for me, like that is the one that I'm just like praying to God that we see Jameer Gibbs on the Bengals, that would be like absolutely dynamite. That would be fun to see. Um, uh, but I'm also, by the way, I'm also praying for that as well for the Bengals. But it's not Jameer Gibbs; it's Bijan. Like Bijan, you know, will he last? Right down all the way down to the 28th. Can the Bengals even trade up for Bijan? Just a couple picks. I can see it. You know, I can see it for someone like Bijan. I can see it because he's just that type of talent. And yeah. you know, at 28, man, like you know, there's a lot of we don't know where Bijan's going to go, right? If he could go in the top 10, surprise everybody, you know, it'd be a throwback to when running backs, you know, we're in top 10, in top 10 consideration, right? Or he could go at the end of the first round. So, you know, Joe Mixon's out the door. Like, he, he I don't think he's going to be on the team. And, you know, Bijan on that, like, they're one of those rare rosters where you have a quarterback, the offensive line got better. You have the receivers. Like, what else do they need on offense, right? A playmaker out of the backfield. And Joe Mixon, He's been solid, right? But can you really consider him a playmaker coming out of the backfield like over the last year or two? Not really, especially last year. So Bijan coming in behind, you know, uh, you know, with Joe Burrow, like I love it, dude. Like that's the one I'm praying for. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bijan is the ultimate NFL litmus test. Like we are going to see how much they actually value running backs because five, six years ago, Bijan Robinson's like a locked in top 10 pick, like a locked in top yeah. 10 pick. Like he's yeah. like a Saquon Barkley, like Saquon went second overall. Like again, if yeah. Dave Gettleman was not there, who knows how far Saquon would have went? Like I would have loved to see. It might have still NFL been top ten though. He probably would have been top ten, but he's not yeah. second overall. But we saw like Leonard right. Fournette, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey; those guys go there. And for me, like Bijan is a better prospect than all of them, maybe outside of Saquon. Like I think Zeke. There's an interesting yeah. conversation there, but I think like you could make the case that Bijan's a better prospect. So for me, like it's like. We see Najee go and Travis Etienne go 24-25 and Bijan's clearly better than yeah. them. Um, so for me, like, I would be kind of shocked if he falls outside the top 20. Like, I'd be pretty shocked I if agree. he does. I agree. But again, like, uh, uh, the NFL could be like, hey, like, we, we're kind of just, like, going to just tip the scales a little bit and just be like, hey, we don't like running backs that much. Okay. And this scenario is where, where, like, for betting, it actually becomes really interesting because – What's going to happen is after the first day, now they're going to release even more over underlines on day two. So if we see right. somebody like Bijan start to fall, I would say if he falls past 20, if he falls past 20, that is a very bad sign for maybe like a Jameer Gibbs or a Zach Charbonnet. So if they release Jameer right. Gibbs or Charbonnet is over under, 
I'd probably be more willing to take their overs because that just says like we had 20 teams pass on who everybody in like the scouting community, all scouts and everything have them as like a blue chip type prospect. And you rarely see blue chip regardless of position kind of, unless you're like a kicker or something and Robert Aguayo goes second round or something (laughs) along those lines, which turns out he wasn't a blue chip um, (laughs) whatsoever. Um, He was more like a lace chip, but uh, regardless, like it was um, (laughs) like basically what you're looking at is like Bijan, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really interesting thing to just see how the NFL values him and what what's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm really, yeah, I'm yeah. really, really curious to see because I have no idea where he's going to go. But I, I, I hear that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Bengals are sitting at plus twelve, twelve hundred. That would be amazing. Uh, but like right yeah. around twenty, you have the Chargers at twenty one. They're they're sitting at plus four fifty. Right. I could see that being a possibility. Obviously, with the Austin Eckler hold, like he's not holding out. I was going to say hold out the contract situation there. Um, you have the Commanders at sixteen. Right. They don't. So the commanders are interesting because, you know, they have Eric the going over there and like, listen, I, I'm not, I, they have one running back on, in, on that roster that fits that system. And who is that? That's, that's the guy that they've been avoiding, right? Fantasy. All of us wanted to see this guy, like be the guy. Right. But we mm-hmm. haven't, we haven't been able to, and you know, and it it, it kind of sucks because Brian Robinson, I, I didn't think he was a great prospect coming out, but it was like almost he was almost like forced into that role last year, right? And then you have Antonio Gibson. I think he's the one who fits that offense right now. Now, if they're mm-hmm. past Antonio Gibson, I don't think Brian Robinson fits that offense at all this year. Um, and Brian and I think Bijan could potentially be there for them now. Is Washington a, a running back away? I don't think so. I think it's a bad <laughs> pick for them, you know, if they were to do that, right? Like, I don't think that's a smart pick. Um, you know, would they would they be better suited elsewhere? I think so. Um, Cowboys, I can see that happening, but that's they're all the way down at twenty six, right? Yeah. The Vikings at twenty three. That's a potential as well with the situation with Dalvin Cook, right? Alexander Madison, like he's not like a feature back, like he's somebody that they sign on on the cheap. I think three and a half million a year, so nothing crazy there. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if something like that were to happen, the lions, I don't see that happening at 18, just because they signed David Montgomery for the next couple of years. Like, I don't see them, you know, I think they're, they're kind of solid at running back at this point, And they're maybe like fill in other holes elsewhere. Do, does, do any other teams like kind of like just shout at you, be like, that's a potential or, or what are you thinking about that? I'm looking up the board a little bit. I'm looking at Falcons oh, yeah. at eight. I think that I think that that's really? starts. I think that's yeah. I think I, I think it's where the range starts. Um, they have a need at running back. Um, went to the combine, talked to someone with the Falcons, was asking about Algier. They basically were like, "We like Algier, but like we're gonna add a running back type of thing." They haven't added anybody to there, so like, I don't know if like Bijan's the the running back. I would say it's more likely they could draft around two or three, but like the Falcons are such a wild card at eight where it's like, they can yeah. go any route. And like, we know Arthur Smith, he's with the Titans. They had Derrick Henry. They could just look at Bijan and be like, well, we have our guy here. Like, let's go get him. Especially like if they're really, 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 really want to go in the season with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter as their quarterbacks, right. that would make sense in terms of like, okay, we're going to shift the offense around there. Me as a Kyle Pitts and Drake London guy, like, I'll shed tears because those will be three of my favorite players: Bijan, Drake London. Bijan would Pitts absolutely, in. he would absolutely crush in Atlanta. He would crush there. He would absolutely crush he would, there. He would, and it puts oh, amazing. And think about this: like 
what if the Falcons do that and then their team's like bad enough to where they get like a Caleb Williams or Drake May? Now it's like give potentially like the three years down the road, the Falcons at the best offense league. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and B. John Robinson quarterback amazing. next year. Like it would be yeah. it would be amazing. So like I think I think that's a line. scenario. Right, exactly, exactly. They had the cap space to kind of upgrade that this offseason. Um, so I think I think that's where things get interesting. People mention the Eagles, which like naturally seems like a fit. They haven't invested anything into the running backs. Um, but it would be kind of unlike Howie Roseman. If the Eagles do trade back though to like I would say like 15 or later, like that's where I think Bijan somewhat comes in the cards. But like we could easily see like the Patriots take a Bijan Robinson. Like I would not be shocked yeah. there. They're, they they've been rumored to be looking for a blue chip player at the running back position. Um, Buccaneers would not shock me at all. The tight, like I, I would say with Bijan, and we see this every year. We see this every single year, and this is with skill position players in general. Like we are always shocked at running backs and specific teams that draft these players. Like we always come away, whether it's day one or day two, and just be like, "Wow!" Like I didn't really see that team drafting a player, but they did, right. and now we have to adjust. So, like I think the Lions, like they were my team before the Dave Montgomery was like, okay, Lions at 18 is like, mm-hmm. if he falls there, that's like the perfect sweet, fit. S- sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. So like, would I be shocked if, do I think it's going to happen? No, but like if he falls to 18, like it's easy. Like, even though we are like penciling in David Montgomery, they could be like, okay, we got a blue chip player. Dave Montgomery mm-hmm. is a good player that we like, but like, we didn't expect to be in a scenario. We could draft BJ. Right. So like, I'm really trying to keep a very, very open mind with Bijan's possibilities. And I'm more looking at the specific range of the draft rather than specific like team fit, because I'm Mm. sure that there could be like a pack. So what range are you looking at? Are you looking at between like eight and 20? Eight and 20. That's exactly what I'm looking at. So I think like the Packers could be a team where it's like, well, we know Aaron Jones on the way out. Like in my shock, like should they draft Bijan? No, but like they could be sitting there. Like this is by far the best player we know is a safe guy. Like we can integrate him a bunch in our offense. Aaron Jones is like be on his way out. Like, he could be not a whole lot of pressure on Jordan love in his first year. Yeah. I can see that. Exactly. I I think there's there's a lot of possibility to that. I have Mm -hmm. two, two more questions and two more specific Mm -hmm. wide receivers. I want to talk about, and that's Jackson Smith and the Jigba real quick and Zay flowers. Zay flowers. I feel like is a big wild card uh, this year. Uh, But, but JSN man, like how early do you think he's going to go? Because I feel like he can go anywhere between the top 10 or he can go all the way down to 20. Like, I feel like that's like he has a similar range, I think, as Bijan. Um, I'm curious to, to 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 hear what you think on that because what's interesting to me, I think that one of the most interesting things to me is, I, I think I can see a scenario where the Texans draft, you know, like Bryce Young or someone like that too, and then grab JSN. I think they're at, I think they're at 12 again, if I'm not mistaken, right? Please, oh my God, please, please, that would be the absolute nuts for the Texans. Um, that would be incredible, and that would just make them exciting. I think. I think JSN is so interesting. And one thing I like to watch is how guys from a fantasy perspective are viewed in the NFL and how they are liked by scouts coming into this process. Jackson Smith and Jigba was like, I wouldn't say a borderline first rounder, but he was like a late first rounder type of guy. And I was like, so surprising. It It made no sense. Right. And it's like, we're looking at his fantasy guys. We're like, productive he played with like garrett wilson he played with yeah. lave outperformed them right so it's like it's like his profile is very close to some like i'm not going to put him on jamar chase type level but it's like kind of close like where it's in the sphere it's like jamar chase is like headed into the draft did not play in his junior whatsoever and was still a locked in top five pick whereas jason's I, I not think he, he's any. in a 
he's he's in a tier by himself in the in this year's draft, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. I one hundred percent agree. But I think I, I've been trying to like wonder what scouts are thinking, and one yeah. of the reasons I think potentially that be coming up is he hasn't played a lot of outside, so it could be very like scheme oriented type of thing. But then again, like if you're looking at someone like Justin Jefferson coming out, he had the same exact concerns. Only played yeah. slot, but he was alongside mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, and it's like you utilize him in the pros, and now he proved that he could play outside as well, and now he's just like the yeah. best receiver in football. Jackson's been the Jigba. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be an X, right? You, he can exactly. play flanker and move around and be, play off the line and all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. he'll be fine because apparently exactly. I was looking at I was looking at Matt Harmon's reception perception on him, and it's like lights out, like a man coverage mm-hmm. too, like not necessarily press because he didn't see a whole lot of that, yeah. but man coverage he absolutely killed it. Like he he's literally the same guy whether he's going up against man or zone. Yeah, and when he was, he didn't play outside much, but when he was, he was actually extremely productive. He had like a seven yep. yards per route run on like 80 something routes or something ridiculous. Like right. That, right. So, right. So, even on a limited sample, like he was dominating there. They just was never asked to do that. When you have Marvin, like Marvin Harrison's going to be a top five lock next year. You got Olave yep. and Wilson, who are like two of the, some of the best rookie receivers we've seen in the past decade. And then it's like, you have, it's just like you're just surrounded by it. So, you never have the opportunity to do that. And you even know, like, in his limited skills, limited skill set, of whatever team drafts him, like, you know, you're just going to get a dominant player there who can potentially do more. But I think from the NFL's view is now it's like, now when we're looking at the first round, I'm wondering if teams that have like a good slot receiver or along them, I wouldn't say like cross them out, but they're not like circling him. So now we have to look at wide receiver needy teams that have somebody open in the slot. So it's like, we're looking at the chargers, right? For example, it's like, Oh yep. my God, that would be amazing to see him go there. But it's like Keenan Allen, him kind oh, of yeah. overlapping skill sets. Like, so maybe they're looking at a different type of wide receiver. So Keenan Allen's going to be what, 32? Keenan Allen's going to be like 32 this year, right? Like, it's going to be older. It's about He's time. on the way out. My, Mike Williams isn't like this elite receiver or anything like that. So I feel like, I feel like the Chargers would actually be a low key good fit. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy, it's just real food delivered to your door in pre portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. It would be amazing. I would love to see that. But I, I think that's how teens potentially could have viewed him. And you rarely see guys go from like, unless you're like, I would say like a a, a premium position, like a defensive end or mm-hmm. a cornerback or something like in, in those range where you like, you absolutely just dominate like the off season workouts. Like, like a Nolan Smith, for example, would be somebody who like went from like right. a late or like a, last year, like a Trevor Walker, like Trevor Walker was like, he wasn't going like the teens, but he was like, looked at like a, like 10, 11, 12, and then he yeah. goes first overall. So it's like you see jumps from like those specific positions where it comes from like how teams value them, but you really see like wide receivers go from like, yeah, he's going to be like a borderline late first rounder to like, yeah, he's a top, locked in top 10 guy that, that we think sure. he probably should be. So I think his range probably starts at nine with the with the Bears. Um, I would say there, but his range is much wider than somebody like Bijan, where I think like, it just it's more like scheme fit as you go down the board. You can look at the Packers. Packers would be an amazing fit. The Patriots would be an amazing fit. I don't know if they're taking him like Texans. So you can easily make the case like as you go on, but it's like then you go to like Listen, the Chargers, man, you go to if, if he's available. Like, if he's available at the end of the first round, like if, if that's what you're telling me, like you think that's a possibility. So you're saying that the Chiefs or the Vikings could potentially grab him, and that would be absolutely amazing. 
Yeah. See, but here, here's the thing though. If Jackson Smith and Jigba is sitting there um, for the Vikings, do they think him and Justin Jefferson have overlapping skill sets? And do they prefer someone else? Like, see that that's the conversation. I think NFL GMs go through a lot in their process that us as like fantasy people, like we don't really look at. And it's like, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because like you can use, I feel like you can utilize him in more ways, but if they think that he's very scheme specific, like, they just might look at more scheme fit guys because the GMs and the coaches, like they draft guys that fit their scheme and fit what well, they're looking the, for. The Vikings know exactly what's up though, right? They're <laughs> right, the exactly. ones who, 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 <laughs> who literally knew that Justin Jefferson was not a slot only guy. So I feel like they would be the Rick Spielman, those guys with the same guys to know that JSN's not that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the thing though, that it all comes down to is I think there's so many teams that are sitting there in like that nine to like 20 range where, have a need you can easily make a case for him um to where like he seems likely to go in that range like i would i wouldn't say i'd be shocked if he falls inside the top 20 but i'd say it's more likely than not he goes inside the top 20 but i i wouldn't i don't see him like falling far past like early 20s like vikings okay. could be a stop i think i think i would be shocked if he makes it like the the chiefs like right. that, like i agree it, i would be shocked if he that far. he's but too I good think, of a receiver exactly, for that to happen exactly. right? and I, th- I think and he's also had a really good like Austin's do so it's easy to see him rising but we're not going to see him rise to the level of like right like a locked in his combine was legit he didn't run the 40 there but then he ran a solid 40 at his pro day so i think yeah, exactly. i think the teams are not going to be off of him by any means now yeah. real quick we're going to end it soon guys i promise if you made it this far god bless you appreciate you <laughs> um but zay flowers real quick man mini ab uh he's you know plus 165 for him to go after 24 right here right so if we're talking about jsn potentially going all the way down to 20 zay flowers you know we're talking about him as a potential first rounder obviously you have quinton johnston right most likely going in the first round that's his projected draft capital uh we also have uh jordan addison as a potential first round pick here are we looking at zay flowers after 24 here at plus 165 no, I actually, I lean under on that. I think, I think, I think the Zay of the Flower is like a locked-in first rounder. Um, Do you think that he ends up going before these other guys that I mentioned, Quentin Johnson and yeah, most so likely think, Jordan I mean, Addison? I, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say how if I were to rank right now, how I think they are going to go in the draft. I think sure. Jackson Smith and Jigba would go first. I think Zay Flowers is second, Quentin Johnson third, and Jordan Addison fourth. But I do think Zay Flowers is the most likely outside of Jackson, but then Jigba to be the first wide receiver drafted because I think teams could look at him as, I mean, really if Zay Flowers was, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds heavier, like he's really like a perfect like NFL prototype for yeah. like what they're looking for. Very versatile yeah. receiver, smooth in and out of his routes, great after the catch, like good in all three phases of the, of the game where it's like, he feels yep. like a very, very safe prospect and exactly what teams are looking for. Like like Jahan Dotson last year, he went, what, 17 or 18 or yep. 16th 16, overall to, yeah. to the Commanders. Yep. Yeah, he went to 16th overall to the Commanders. So I think like we could definitely see that. And I think that's where the question is like, I, I see like a Chargers fit would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota would be great. Um looking up at the board, like the Patriots always do weird things. Like he could be a Patriots guy. Like from yeah. the, he's, he's Boston college. They get a nice look at him. Like Patriots are always wild know, card. Like 
It's funny because like right before 24, you have the Chargers, Ravens, and Vikings picking at 21, 22, and 23, right? They're all in need of a yeah. wide receiver. So oh, I yeah. feel like one of those teams are probably going to bite. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and that, that's the thing is like there's a need there. He's the guy that like I, – I feel like if you were to look at like what NFL teams do on like their big boards and how they rank receivers, I feel like Zay Flowers is like – top three on every board where it's like you have like Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison and like Jalen Hyatt, like probably just like there's like more variance with those guys and how teams sure. view them. So you might have a team that really likes like a Jordan Addison or like, for, like chargers might really like them because their wide receiver that Hayden wings put out a very interesting connection of like the, the wide receiver coach that recruited him in college is now with the chargers. So it's like, that's now an interesting like potential fit so it's like there might be team specific things but i think zay flowers on every there's less variance on zay flowers than maybe any other wide receiver in terms of how teams view him and i think that makes him a very safe prospect to go first round and especially for like fantasy drafts as well like like i would be shocked if he doesn't go first round um and i think he's probably gonna end up in a pretty good spot too like i think i think he's gonna be i think so so I think so. Uh, you know, the more I watch on him and the more I look into it, I think he's also going to be my wide res- my my overall wide receiver too uh, in this rookie class. Um, that's what it's looking like to me. I think he has less holes than the other guys that we mentioned outside of JSN. Um, yeah, 100%. But yeah, dude, I think, listen, man, we went through so much in this episode. <laughs> I appreciate you, dude. You brought the knowledge in this one, man. So thank you for that, man. I really appreciate it. Again, you can find all of Dalton's work at stealinglines.substack.com. He does that with Ben Gretsch, legendary. I love it. Um, that's where you get all your all your sports betting stuff. Like all, the, if you want the upper hand there, dude, please follow Dalton Cates. Uh, Dalton, what's your what's your Twitter handle again? Uh, at Dalton underscore Cates. Got to keep it simple. Perfect. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. Mm. At Dalton underscore Cates on Twitter. Go give him a follow there as well, Dalton. Appreciate you, man. Always, always good chopping it up with you, my guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always and, and thanks, always fun. thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this is Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Please subscribe if you can. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 